Welcome to Beerfield, where I remember to take the intro graphic down, but Dan's camera doesn't work on our new night. <laughs> We're doing Thursday nights for the foreseeable future. I am your host at Beerfield Hop with two Ps. As always, joined by at Ryan Miner underscore FFP. Hello. Good, good, good evening. Welcome. Dan, Dan Thurry from wherever you are. I'm in Kansas City. For and, work. And you. 10 nothing Carolina on the Thursday night football game as we'll be watching that as we go. Um, I wish I could say this is a j- packed show. Really kind of not. Just going to be kind of run of the run of the mill. That's what happens, you know, this time of the fantasy season where we're in the dog days. You're not quite the last couple week playoff push, but we're near the end of the dog days. So we're going to go ahead and we'll always, as always, we'll hit the injury news. We'll preview your games and we'll do a little, a little check in here now that we're kind of in the final stretch of the fantasy season and see if there's any hot streaks or anything we need to need to ride and, you know, check out some, some ROS schedules and, and things like that and try to set you up for the final stretch in your league. So, uh, yeah, without further ado at Beerfield on Twitter, um, for now until we decide to change your name to like the fantasy footballers and pay to be verified and then see how that goes for us. Thanks, thanks, Elon. Thanks, um, Elon. It's only eight dollars a month. It's eight dollars. Yeah, it's eight dollars. Only... Uh, the show doesn't have. <laughs> um, we can't afford eight dollars. We we cannot. Not really. Um, yeah, I think I was giving socials. That's what I was doing. Beerfield podcast on. Uh yeah, Spotify and YouTube, and let's get into what are we drinking? What's fueling beer fueled? Uh, Dan, you're on the road. What did you find? So I am. Uh, it's funny enough. I I've been drinking KC beers, but I. I, I found some uh, I found some narrow gauge and narrow gauge is out of uh, uh, St. Louis, Florissant, Florissant, Missouri, northern uh, northern suburbs of uh, of the St. Louis area, as Hopper just said. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny. They they actually do their contract brewing through Florissant, Missouri. So it's cool. set on the can. I will show you the can, but my fucking camera doesn't work. Stupid camera. Sweet. Ryan, what are you drinking? I saw you had I'm, some striped stuff. I do. I have a Brew Dogs Elvis Juice. It's a group, grapefruit grapefruit infused IPA. Nice. All right, and I've got Triptych Shadow Band, so oatmeal stout. So I was able to to pick this up between this and some New England IPAs. I'm actually low on beer because I used all of it to study for my BJCP test, which happened last Sunday. So. I should get to drink beer and enjoy it again instead of pick it apart, except for on this show and when I'm judging. All right, let's go ahead and get into the news. Lively bunch tonight. Felt like the drop was necessary due to the lack of energy. <laughs> Russell Gage out for week 10. Oh, we lost Dan again. 
Did we? That's probably why there's a lack of energy. I bet he was trying to talk and then couldn't. I should let him back in, huh? Yeah, maybe. Might be good. Might be a good idea. I'm sure he really wants to give his thoughts on Russell Gage. Hey, there oh my God, hey, he's here. That. That's why I left. Yeah, I was able to figure it. I've been, uh, I've been fucking with. Uh, Does that with mean the you're troubleshooting? Does that mean you're gonna talk now and I don't have to feel like I'm just? <laughs> I, I, I said one second and I, I, I think it stopped working. But yes, here, here's my can of narrow gauge. It, nice. It's the OJ Ron. OJ Ron? Yeah, it's, it's a double Imperial Hazy, 8.6%. Nice. Noise. All right. So Russell Gage. <sighs> he's not, he's not, he's not flying to Munich. So yeah, he's out. He's out for week 10. <laughs> he's out. I mean, unless he wants to catch a quick flight, I don't think he's going to be playing. No, you know who's not out? Jonathan Taylor. He was practicing in full. Deion Jackson, on the other hand, not practicing. So um some shifts in that. JT sounds like he's gonna be back. It's almost like a free agent running back it was not very good. Yeah. They're very yeah. glad to get their free agent. Now they're very glad to get their second round pick back. Everybody thought. He had that uh, one game, he had 10 targets. Yeah. Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller to IR. So that was uh, rough. It, it's Matt Collins season again. Fucking this will never escape us. And uh we're in what week 10, so they'll yeah. be back potentially by week 14, 14, maybe. And by the end of your uh by the end of your season. There's no reason to hold Hunter Renfro. He has not given you anything usable for most of the season. There's zero reason to hold on to him. Waller, because of the tight end position. I think is probably more a little more worth it, but he hasn't been healthy really all year. So, but Hunter Renfro, I don't think there's a reason to hold on to. Yeah, it seemed to be really. Gonna... I think. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Ryan. No, you you got it. You 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 have the main one. No, no, no. Go, go, go. I talked. I think he's he just you been. Gotta, a bust. You got to get your thing in. He's just been a bust all year. Like we all drafted him as like a wide receiver three, wide receiver four at worst, and he just hasn't returned value at all on that one. Oh, it's always the fear when you got somebody that comes in and snaps up targets and then, you know, different offense. And I think people went the thought under McDaniels that that would get used a little bit more and just that it's not how it's played out. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, and I, you know, unless you have a lot of IR spots too, I, it's, I don't know if it's even worth holding on to Waller. I mean, he got he finally got put on IR after this back and forth mm-hmm. shit. The same thing with Keenan Allen, right? So who knows if like even if he's, you know, doesn't it to return in, in week 14 if he'll even be there. So I wouldn't waste the actual bench spot on him. And if no, there's someone better than IR if you yeah, can. If you can yeah. otherwise, yeah. You know, two tight end tight end premium, you know little different, but in your basic scoring tight end leagues, you can probably let them go. Yeah. A um, couple quarterback injuries to pay attention to going into this week. Matt Stafford, um, he's got a concussion and hasn't been practicing. So got to be real close on if he can clear protocol or not. We'll talk about streamers when we get into the, the weekly games, but John Wolford is his backup. And then Josh Allen not practicing with, uh, you know, what's being termed a minor elbow injury. I've seen it's a partial UCL tear, which if you're a baseball player, that's really bad. If you're a football player, different throwing motion, it's really not that big of a deal. But 
definitely something to pay attention to and and keep an eye on with with Josh Allen here is you know the week goes on Case Keenum's his backup it would set up a Case Keenum revenge game it'd be Keenum Diggs revenge game it'd be uh, it's gonna be glorious the first time that they uh, that they've played each that they played the that they played the Vikings since so yeah it'll be I I I I hope Buffalo I I mean I know I'm a Vikings fan but I I really want Allen to play. If he was healthy, I really hope Buffalo said some and not risk for their injury. They have no, absolutely no reason to to play him. Force it. Yeah, you no got a good, you've it. got a good enough backup that you know. That's I get the, it. You're playing a good team, hope. but yeah, you you should. Case Keenum is a good enough backup with good enough players around him to where you shouldn't have to force Allen into this one if he's really not ready to go. Yeah, but we all know how. Uh, how players can sway their yeah. coaching staff, especially one as important as Allen. So well, I guess we'll see. Uh, Chargers are not in good shape. They're without Keenan Allen. They're without Mike Williams still and Dustin Hopkins. So still very, very banged up as far as, you know, practicing and stuff goes. So Josh Palmer is going to be in line again this week. Yikes. I'd like to like if Mike Williams is available on your waiver wire because he's projected back week twelve. If you got an open spot, he's not a bad idea to try to stash right now, especially with Keenan Allen still being banged up. And Keenan Allen's yeah, it's almost same thing, right? He's actually participating more in practice this week than he was last week. So, you know, even if it's not this week, if somebody for some reason dropped him, which I'm sure there are some leagues where, you yep. know. I like to think common sense prevails and that you don't do that, but you know, there's some leagues and if you hang out on the internet at all, that's not always a thing. So I think either one of them is definitely worth a stash. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't think anyone dropped Keenan Allen, but someone might've dropped Mike Williams in a league. You'd I'm be surprised. Sure people have dropped Keenan Allen. You'd be surprised. A player hasn't been available at all this season. <laughs> I'm sure there's He's played two half games. Yeah, he's done absolutely nothing. I wouldn't. I, I, I'm just saying. I wouldn't completely fault someone. No, I wouldn't either. If they're in dire need of roster spots, I could see the argument for it. Yeah. Um, forgot where it was now. Uh, oh yeah, Colts fired Frank Reich and named Jeff Saturday their head coach. And curious decision. Ursa is definitely on the sauce again. I, I don't think he's been off the sauce. <laughs> I think he's been on it for years. Bro, I don't. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this decision. He's got. He's, he's the first coach in history to be up hired on as a hired on as a head coach without any prior coaching experience. Yeah, and that's the interesting part, right? He's got no prior coaching experience <laughs> at all. We know that playing with. Peyton Manning all those years that you know he probably is a really really smart football guy he was a great player you know he's probably a smart football guy but smart football guy does not necessarily equal good coach so it's going to be interesting to see how that goes I'm sure as a former player that you know he's going to be relatable he'll probably have the locker room and I'm sure that you know he's definitely smart enough to do it it's just you coming in with no experience man is a tall order 
I don't get how he even got it in the first place. Like out of all coaches that are available, because like, why just the sauce? It's just like I don't know. Just totally surprised. He was a cons- he was a consultant, but you know, being a front office consultant, you would think puts him more in line for Chris Ballard's job than it does Frank Reich's, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. It's going to be interesting. Uh, they also my call now promoted a play caller that has never called plays. <laughs> this is going to end horribly. Horribly. This can't, like, it's, this like, can't go bad. It's going to be awesome, and it's going to be the next fab. It's 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 like that uh, meme you see with the dog drinking a cup of coffee and a fire. This is fine. No, it's Ursa is playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. There's no film on these guys. There's Not no tape all. on these guys, and he's trying to guide, grab an advantage because you can't study them. It's going to be John. It's just gonna be giant. It's just gonna be Jonathan Taylor sitting there in the fire, saying everything's fine. He says he's the only one. <laughs> just give the ball. That's 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 all. Jeff Saturday's actually. Jonathan saying. Taylor is gonna roll his own ankle on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play anymore. He's gonna pull up Peter Griffin and just. <sighs> Sorry, coach. It's really bad. I can't. <laughs> next year. Next year. We'll talk next year. I gotta go to my friend's birthday party. I I can't play anymore. Right. Uh, my wife gave me an ultimatum. Yeah, she's about to Sorry, for a divorce. We're going to talk this one out. Don't want to be like that Brady guy. Yeah. Uh, David Njoku is not practicing. Josh Reynolds is not practicing. Chris Boswell to IR. Matthew Wright signed by Pittsburgh. Uh, Kyron Williams should be back to the Rams in week 10. Uh, they're still searching for answers in their rushing game. And Dan Snyder and the Commanders. Oh my god! What a what a dumpster fire, man! It's still not oh. over yet, but we're we're getting close. I can't wait for him to be exposed, thrown in jail for the rest of his life, and so well, it's not just him either. No, it's I a know. whole org and Roger Goodell and yeah. the NFL and the DC District Attorney game is coming down on them pretty hard. Yeah, it's be like this is like the like this is like Twitter, but with an organization. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just going to, it's going to come crashing down beautifully without having to charge us $8 to, uh, for, to watch it for a check. Mark. I don't, I don't need a check Mark. <laughs> I don't either. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're in bad I mean, shape. They, and it's glorious to see, I guess what pissed me off is they took a shot at the district attorney by scapegoating their own player who was shot. They were uh, trying to <laughs> utilize, yeah, they were trying to gain like sympathy, uh, points sympathy for it. They're like, of- we're going to find who shot him. We'll do whatever we possibly can. Like it was all about, it's all, it's all about Brian Robinson being he shot. Totally scapegoated Brian Robinson of that. And he's just trying to play football. They're like, nah, crime's still rampant and you're worried about this. We've got, we had a player that got shot and this is, you're worried about us. And it's like, I've never seen anybody gaslight a district attorney. It's freaking nuts. That's a bold move. Cotton. Let's see if it pans out. (laughs) It seems like something that's not going to go the way you think that's going to go. Is my thought. I love how we have 21 pass attempts in total in the first half of this game. It's pretty bad. Hey, I got this beer. I have not drank at all. Have you talked about it? You probably have. I probably just wasn't there. I did. Uh, triptych. Shadow. Be- Shadow. Man. Oatmeal oh, okay. stout. Oatmeal stout. 
Mm-hmm. All right, Ryan did say that at eight thirty he's going to be in and out for for kitty bedtime. So you and I are going to talk for a bit, like just like the, like the good old days, just like old times. Now, nah, so <clears throat> what I wanted to do is I wanted to jump in on the last couple weeks worth of of things and let's reset a little bit and you know kind of see where things are at and where we're trending and things of that nature to see if there's anybody that we we really need to reset on. So uh, we'll go position by position, look at the overall, and then we can look at some other things like target volume and schedule and things like that. We did this, I want to say, three or four weeks ago. Um, My mic is not cooperating with me. We did this like three or four (laughs) weeks ago. Um, Just same thing. And I think it's important to do throughout the season because you don't want to get these you know, these notions on some of these players, like say a Justin Fields is still on waivers in 60% of leagues and not, you know, not adjust or not go pick up, or you're just looking at the season long rank and not, what have you done for me lately? So we're going to start with quarterback. Justin Fields is a QB one since week six. He's been a top five quarterback in the last three weeks, six touchdowns, one pick since week six, seven touchdowns, two picks top 10 quarterbacks since week six. It's been a streamable quarterback since week five as a QB 13 with 17. Um, it's not the offense. It's letting them air the ball out more. It's that they finally let the offense be just letting work him for him. Yeah. yeah. Just letting him kind of make plays and we get to see. Let's see what the, that looks like. It's pretty. It's been, this has been one of the best. It's been one of the highest scoring offices in football. Like, you know, the biggest difference between what, you know, they're doing with him and what Baltimore did with Lamar early on in his career is all about pace of play because the Bears defense sucks. And because Justin Fields is a better passer, especially downfield passer than what Lamar was back then, you're seeing a lot more of an open offense. Chicago is not going to be a playoff team this year by any means. They're going to scare a lot of teams. No, they ensured that no, one. They're they traded away their best <laughs> pass rusher defense. and their middle linebacker. And yeah, you know, but they're a team that is trying to develop their quarterback. And you saw that, I think, with kind of the slow start and the training wheels, and then progressively they've removed them and it's gotten better. And what I'm curious to see, we looked at a couple weeks back, we looked at Fields' is, you know, protection time versus time to release. And he had the most protection time with the slowest time to re- release in the NHL while in the pocket. So your protection time is clean pocket based. So that kind of takes out being under pressure, scrambling around that type of stuff. Um, you know, I'm curious to see if he had that moment, like we hear with a lot of players of the game slowed down and the processing time picked up adding Chase Claypool interested to see how that plays out for him as well. But it's only, it's only up for fields. I absolutely think this is real, what we're getting out of him. And I do think it's going to continue. I'm just really, 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 really happy that Chicago didn't fuck him up. <laughs> like it's someone who has been enamored with them since the days of Debbie, since his freshman season, really since the second season, I guess when he transferred to Ohio state, it's been nothing but excitement. So, um, Hopefully you picked him up. I got a text message from my buddy from a couple of weeks ago when we talked about his his uh, a trade he made. He traded away Josh Allen and I think his ETN and some players for Justin Jefferson. 
and Kamara, and I told him to pick up Justin Fields. He sent me a text gloating me. He's like, I'm really happy you told me to pick him up because he had yeah. he was in a ride Rodgers. Can you imagine picking yeah. Rodgers over Justin Fields at this point, though? Oh, my God. No, that'd be bad. I mean, Rodgers is actually a QB 13. He's in solid streamer range, but he's a streamer. So he's, he's got no upside with the same points being scored. Yeah, it's, it's insane what he's done, too. It's funny. Points, it's like points per game are not good either. This is taking into account by weeks. I should probably sort by points per game, but fantasy pros does this weird thing where it doesn't reorder the numbers and I have to count. He's so been good. a mid tier streamer besides he, besides this past week. It was really rough for him. Yeah, now he's he's right there in in mid tier and weirdly so is Lamar Jackson. It's been, I mean, they, they, they have no playmakers. And, you know, they're missing it's uh, all, you know, Dobbins or missing Gus Edwards. You know, Bateman's like, off for the year. The floor's yeah. been there, but the ceiling hasn't been for, it's like, for Jackson. It's like maybe you shouldn't have traded away Marquise Brown. Yeah. It just looks so bad on them. Let's see. So it's Fields 1, Burrow 2, Allen 3, 2 of 4, Hurts 5. That's not surprising. Uh, speaking of fields, we got quite <laughs> Robbie yeah. wants to know two or fields. Give me probably rest, of, probably rest of season, rest of season. Let's look at it because that's part of what we're talking about, right? Yeah, so we got two of fields. You look that up. He's also asking about Foster Monroe and Evan Ingram. Sure. I think that one we can still say, we can still say yeah, Evan Ingram, still probably on that Ingram. One. Uh, Oakland or not Oakland Vegas just signed uh, Jacob Hollister too has some familiarity with McDaniel's offense. So just be like think, Monroe. Oh, oh, he's asking for this week for this, this week. week. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so this week the bears have the lions and I don't think you get a better matchup than that. So I, I don't even know that I need to look at, I mean, he's matchup proof anyways, right? With his rushing ability. Now he, he just get up. He is. And this is a yeah. hugely, Plus matchup for him. Yeah, I don't know how you. I'm like, like it's tough with two. I get it. He's, I, I mean, He's right now Waddle and and Hill are your number one and two receivers in fantasy over the past yeah. two weeks. They get Just, the Browns. Little, little more stat of a matchup, but I don't know how you look. The Lions are a juicy matchup, and that's the tiebreaker. I think that you're good with both guys, but the tiebreaker to me is you got. A quarterback that's hot right now going against the worst pass offense and defense in the league. He has sorry kill. So there is a game stack. Yeah. I think this I'd probably still play, I probably play Tua because I, I love the upside in game stacks. Um he really it really just propels the boom if both players go off. You really can't go around, man. Yeah. Like you can you can flip a coin, they're probably both gonna be top five. Fields has the rushing upside, which gives him a higher ceiling and generally higher floor. Higher floor too. Uh, Tua probably has a just a bit more consistent boom to him, just given his weapons. But and Justin Fields has been a top five QB the past three weeks. He's, he's yeah. been a QB one. He's been the QB one the past three weeks. Uh, the difference between them has been five points a game, which that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. But it, it's I'm. Two is the QB three. Is that what you said? No, two is the since week six. Two is the QB five in points per game. Okay, yeah. Going by yeah, points per tough. game, just because of missed games and stuff like that. He's the QB five. 
Fields is the QB two, a tenth of a point behind Mahomes. Okay. Yeah, you you have two top five QBs. Um yeah. I probably like I said, I I lean to uh, just because of the stack. You really can't go around fields. And then yeah. I uh, we both say Ingram on the tight end. Yeah. Like I, I need to see him. Like we we both like Foster Monroe. Never really been a starter. Ingram's yeah. been at least relatively consistent. And it's not like Lawrence. Waller's been healthy all season. So him going on IR isn't, you know, that too. suddenly that too. propelling Foster Morale, I don't think. Yeah. So, you know, just Ingram is, yeah, he's a tight end 10 over the last three weeks. So four weeks, which, I mean, the difference oh, thanks, between, Robbie. yeah. So yeah, there you go. Cool. Right. Uh, back to that quarterback side of things, though. Just run through yes. some things because there's some, there's some things down lower too that are a little interesting. So skipping over Teddy because he played one game behind Hurts. You have Kyler Murray. Makes sense. Matt Ryan's been benched. Dak is. You know, reprising a back end quarterback one role right now. But I do like Dak a lot. That offense is finally getting mm-hmm. relatively healthy. You know, I mean, Zeke's obviously banged up, but Pollard should always be playing. But that, I mean, Dallas is going to, they're going to surprise some people with their scoring output now. But Dak, yeah. I think, finally healthy. Then it gets a little interesting because you got this tier of, uh, of quarterbacks, basically, that to me stretches from, Jimmy Garoppolo all the way down to Lamar Jackson. We talked about Lamar and where the upside's been with him and how he's kind of in a a little bit of a lull here, which has him firmly in premium tier streamer status over the last few weeks. It's not an insult. You know, you're not changing how you use Lamar because he's been, if his floor is high teens, you're fine with that week in and week out because of what his ceiling is. Um, But Jimmy Garoppolo, um, Close to 18 a game. Taylor Heineke, Trevor Lawrence, Andy Dalton, Daniel Jones, Marcus Mariota, um, Geno Smith, all also kind of in that same points per game range right now. So there's definitely a glut of matchups and streaming QBs you can play, especially as trade deadlines hit. You know, don't necessarily feel like you have to go out and, you know, make a significant upgrade there. You shouldn't anyway in single QB, but. You know, there's a glut of guys that I just listed that are probably on their waivers and you can play matchup with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, just like you said, if you're, if you're playing in, you know, in one QB leagues and you don't have one of those top tiers and you weren't able to, to pick up fields a few weeks ago when we told you to, um, there's no issue streaming those guys. Not at all. Right. Um, some other guys you need to change opinion on right now. Uh, Aaron Rodgers falls right behind that tier. He is firmly a, a low-end streamer right now, uh, as is Tom Brady, who falls almost a full point per game below what Rodgers is. Um, to put it into perspective, Brady is a tenth of a point ahead of Davis Mills right now. And the I'm not ahead. shocked. And Russell Wilson is right there with Davis Mills right now. So, you know, those three guys that you expected to be good you can stream people over them, if not outright drop them and use them as streamers with Wilson, Brady, and and uh, and Rogers. 
I'm not shocked about Rodgers. Obviously, if you've been listening to the show long enough, I've been pretty off of the Packers passing game. So Rodgers was always a fade for me. Wilson obviously shocks all of us, just given I think the the collective pounding of the table for him in that Denver offense with all the weapons he had. And Brady, I think it's kind of I think we we're just so accustomed to him being a top 10 quarterback, especially mm-hmm. in points per game, that we didn't really I'm not saying that we missed the bottom falling out because that's what's happened, but I think I think we kind of just grew numb to the fact that father time always wins, you know, and right. uh, well, and, and, and it's only hit shit that he's <laughs> going on too. So like, look, we, everybody jokes about it, but that's not something. Oh, it's, like, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that that is something that is legitimately weighing on Tom Brady as a, as a person and a human being. Um, He does get the Seahawks this week. Um, Does have matchups remaining against the Cardinals, Bengals and Panthers and Falcons which are solid. So you do have some streaming options for Tom Brady, but there's some equally bad matchups in there as well. Um, Rogers, we talked about the lack of playmakers. I don't really foresee a situation where I'm like, like, look, he gave you absolutely floor against the jets who have a good pass defense now. But I mean, I just don't see a situation. Hell the lions. He didn't do a lot against. The Lions, three yeah. three interceptions. I haven't done that in a right. long fucking time. So I just don't see a situation where Aaron Rodgers is somebody that I'm running out there and wanna and wanna hold on to or anything like that. You know, if we're doing okay, I drop him and, and let somebody else off name alone. That, right? Yeah, that would be my cut. If we were gonna do keep trade cut with this, the Broncos had. Matchups remaining against Raiders, Panthers, Ravens, Chiefs, Rams, Cardinals, Chiefs again, Chargers. Overall, like their schedule more than Brady's. And I think Wilson's been shit on in the media so much that his trade value is going to be non-existent. Let's call it in a super flex league. So if we're doing keep trade cut on these three, I'm cutting Rodgers, I'm keeping Wilson, I'm trading Brady. You're probably yeah. not going to get much, but just that's the best way. Way I mean, we could best, do kill Mary, fuck, but you know the best way to look at so the best way to look at KTC is if someone says keep that's their one trade that's their two cut that's their three. You're yeah. not going to be able like even in a super flex league. You're probably you not probably for much. You probably wouldn't get much for Rogers because you're not. There's no upside to him. Brady, you could probably get some on there because one would assume based on the weapons they have that maybe they turn it around. And that's such a throw happy offense that it doesn't matter about game scripts, but Wilson has the matchups, right? It's got the game total matchups coming off. If, if, if Denver believes they're going to make the playoffs and, and they just ruined their, then they just hurt their defense by trading away Bradley Chubb. That, that does not help their defense any. So maybe there's some, you know, there's some wiggle room with some of that. So, um, but I agree, right? You know, I keep I keep Wilson, I trade Brady, and I cut Rogers like ten thousand times. Yeah, <laughs> cut him. Uh, we got a question here. Go for it. Some Swaby JP. Welcome back, brother. I think What's you've that? been our. I think you were supposed to be our, our moderator, if I'm not mistaken. But it's all right. You got to right. offer J. You got to offer JT for Jeff Wilson and Miko Harbin. Um, 
that might be the quickest. I mean, I'm assuming yeah, this is redraft lake. That's still a very quick smash. <laughs> yes. Take that. Yeah. Hmm. Take JT. Absolutely. Especially with news that he's practicing. Yeah. This is, um, there's a, a pretty famous trade that happened today from some, f- from some, a uh, Twitter, a uh, figured he, uh, he proclaimedly said he traded away Lamar or uh, Justin Fields and Jonathan Taylor for Damian Pierce while he had Lamar Jackson, who's on a bye this week. The JT shit. Yeah, it's he got flamed as he should. Um, The JT wave right now is a a lot of people burned by where you drafted him, but he should be a Yeah. yeah, he should be a buy, especially you know. They gave him some time to heal up. He should be getting healthy. They just had the OC change. He's still going to be a big part of that offense, and you are not finding running backs on the waiver right now. So if you can get waiver wire right now, there's not a better lottery ticket out there if you can get him on the cheap. He's a much better lottery ticket than Travis Homer, who was the guy staring at me on most of my waiver wires this week. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's... uh. Thanks, man. Appreciate you, baby. Uh, yeah, it, it's the JT hates real. Um, though I, I saw someone did a poll on Dynasty RB ones. I think it was Ryan. It was either Ryan or or, or somebody did. And a, a JT still had top picks for Dynasty RB ones. So maybe the hate isn't as strong in Dynasty, but in redraft, especially as right or especially as Hopper mentioned earlier on, he, he's. He's kind of burned you if you took him at the 101 because he's barely played. And when he has played, the Colts offense has been so bad that he has been as effective. But I think Matt Ryan's going to get his job back. I don't think I think the Sam Ellinger uh, fiasco show is it's going to it's going to crash and burn after the bye week. As long as Matt Ryan's healthy, I guess. Yeah, and he just he just returned to practice. So I think this is probably the last week you're going to see the, the Ellinger experiment. Just, um, please. And yeah. for the love of God. All right. Looking at the running back side of things, there's some guys that, you know, you weren't necessarily thinking of must starts when you drafted them that are now absolutely going to be every week must starts. And they're named Kenneth Walker, Travis Etienne, and well, right now, Tony Pollard and Ramondre Stevenson all sitting in that, that top 12 over the last four weeks and giving you very, very consistent, you know, very, very consistent performance. I should probably sort this by PPR, but you know, I don't think it's going to change anything all that much, and it doesn't. Walker, Stevenson, ETN. Maybe um, ETN goes up a up bit there. higher. Yeah. ETN, ETN did. Stevenson did, and Walker came down a little bit, but they're all still up in that top 12. So um, that's the, the first takeaway. Saquon Barkley is right outside of that. He's cooled off a little bit the last couple weeks. But oh, bye week, bye week also doesn't I'm, help. Uh, I'm sorting by points per game though, so mm. so I'm not Giants. doing. Giants also games. doesn't help. Giant the Giants <laughs> offense. I'm is, kidding. I'm Daniel kidding. Daniel Jones is down right now too. The Giants offense is is obviously cooling off. They played and, against better teams, or, yeah. or it, and in some cases worse teams. That's gonna not have them throw more, which is obviously the big upside for running backs if they can catch passes. Yeah, that doesn't make him a, a sit. Kenyon Drake right now, um, given his recent performance, I think that you have to consider him pretty much as an RB2 every week until Dobbins is healthy. Um, yeah. He's he's locked that up. Uh, Aaron Jones is right there in that realm, and that's an interesting one because you probably drafted him a lot higher 
He so. was, I mean, I think he was a, a bit of a value, but I mean, it's his, it's the inconsistent usage. It's the up and down mm-hmm. in terms of variance from Dylan. So sometimes it's hard to predict where Jones is going to fall into. And the fact that Green Bay's offense just can't produce points. We have a pussy on your shoulder. There, there is a cat on my shoulder. Oh my god, it's so adorable. And now the cat's gone. It's not. No, it's not. I'm holding him. This is Ace. I'll, I get to see my I get to see my little fur ball tomorrow when I get home. Um anyway, some other guys here. Damian Pierce is still solid. The problem with Pierce is that there's not there hasn't been any touchdown off upside because of the offense that he plays in. So well, his yardage is good. He doesn't catch passes, and the touchdown upside isn't there. So that's kind of capped his floor a little bit. Um, some guys that need to go the other way here. Leonard Fournette is trending down, um, and that's something that, as a Fournette manager, you have to be very, very aware of. Pretty much even split with Rashad White. We've seen the Bucks go completely away from the running game, and you really need to watch his involvement in the receiving game because over the last three to four weeks, that's the only thing that's been saving Leonard Fournette. And if that starts to drop in favor of Rashad White after we just saw it in the 50-50 split and with some of the, you know, what's been in the media, not going to be good for him. So he's not somebody you have to start every week right now. No. We got a, we got another question, so... Appreciate you guys throwing in the questions here. Super CB, Super CNB challengers. I believe first time I've seen the name pop in there. So welcome, welcome. welcome. Uh, big boy trade here. Offer he just got. So you just got offered Amon Rod, St. Brown, and Travis Kelsey. He has to give up Devontae Adams and Chris Olave. In the meantime, until he gets Mike Williams and Jamar Chase back, he could play Josh Palmer, Pickens, and Nicole. What do you think about this trade? St. Brown and Kelsey, he's given up Adams and Chris Olave, who's been, it's been a high two in that Saints offense. And Adams, we know who Adams is. Obviously, Amon Ra, a little bit slower. A little bit of a slow comeback since the injuries and the fact that the Lions offense is really cooled down. So his touchdown, but Travis Kelsey is pretty much a wide receiver one anyways mm-hmm. and you get the massive positional value for him i think i do it i think i can i'm not sure whose tight end is but i don't think it really matters unless you have like a mark andrews or something but even then you can just flex him not this week obviously he's on by but i think i'd be okay giving up a little bit of my my floor in olave and adam's and being able to play, you know, Palmer, who's the one, Pickens, who has his role, and Miko, who has been I'm gonna you know, let for you a gadget player. Talk Sorry, for a I'm... minute because my dumb cat just got himself oh. stuck in a keg. He got stuck in a keg? Yeah, I don't right think back. I fucking hear that thing ever in my fucking lifetime. All right. So, again, I would I do the Amara, the Amara and Kelsey trade for sure. Um, just with how performance, just with how good Kelsey's been, I think you can kind of wait mainly for Chase to come back. Mike Williams is, he'll be fine, but you're booming Chase with Amon Ra, who I think, you know, could get back to going with, uh, with no Hawkins in there too. Um, 
That's for the other question, buddy. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna feel to pronounce your name. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna butcher it. Uh would you trade T Higgins and Fournette for Josh Jacobs? This one's a bit tough. Jacobs has cooled down quite a bit. Is he still stuck in his keg? No, I got him out. He okay. climbed on top of one of the pinlock kegs that I have out. Because oh. <laughs> when I when I'm done with the Jesus. kegs, I yeah. rinse them out. I don't fully clean them until I go to use them again, but I rinse all the gunk out of them and everything, get all the gross debris off. And then they sit down next to the keyser and I don't keep the lids on them so they can dry out and don't get all gross and anything. So it's climbing on top of it and he slid through the hole. (laughs) And then when I laid it down so he could walk out, he didn't want to get out. He's like, Nope, this is home now. Oh my God. All right. We got another trade question too. Okay. Sorry on that. No, no, no. They're Sorry good. on that last one. Um, I probably would. I, I would prefer the Adams Alave side. I think. Okay. Um, just because. Yeah, you get a lot of positional disparity with with Kelsey, but I think I just I like the combination of look. I don't need to get the wide receiver one in Kelsey. I've already got a wide receiver one in in Adams, and I've got a you know. I think I like Alave's offense and roll a little bit more than I like ARSBs. So I, I think the trade's fair. Um yeah, it, it's I will absolutely say that. Fair. I do think that the trade is is balanced. So yeah, and I can absolutely see the allure. I'm never the type really that goes after the the elite tier tight ends. I'd rather balance out the rest of my lineups and that's a position I pretty well feel I can figure out and compete with most of the league. Um but Kelsey definitely is a difference maker, and I certainly see the allure of that. Anyway, next trade question. T. Higgins and Leonard Fournette for Josh Jacobs. He's asking, would you move Higgins Fournette for Jacobs? Jacobs has really cooled off since the explosion weeks uh, weeks four through seven. He's barely he's he's been a back in RB two. Higgins. I think I think there's a bit of a there's a little bit of a drop off without Jamar Chase as Higgins is generally just more of a I mean he benefits so much from soft coverage and the attention that not, Chase gives him. Yeah, not getting top corners. Uh, so <laughs> this is if you are in dire need of a running back, I I don't think I hate this running back. As we often mention on the show, the running back depth is super hard to get and mm-hmm. keep, and when you think you have it, it's gone. Because injuries can just derail the position that only plays one on a field at a time. So I think I'm okay with this. I would try to maybe reach up a little higher than Jacobs, but I understand the allure after you know three straight weeks of thirty, you know, plus points in full PPR leagues. Um Raiders offense is just in disarray. No, no Darren Waller, no Hunter Renfro. Jacobs' involvement in the passing game could increase. Probably will. Um, routes run have been the same every week. He's been right. He's been hovering right in that, you know, fifteen to twenty range. It's just the offense is going to suffer. You know, you lose two uh, key make. You know, you lose key playmakers. Um, he says he still has Mixon and Henry. And he doesn't like he doesn't like having the team stack of Higgins and Mixon on the same team. Which I'll be okay. honest with you, man, don't make a difference. Yeah. The Bengals are an elite offense. You only have two of them. It's not going to hurt you too much. 
but yeah, I think that's I okay. Get it. But if you don't, I I get it, and go ahead and make the deal. I mean, I think that Jacobs has RB two floor, obviously with with upside. You go, you know, a pretty decent three deep at, at running back in that scenario. So, you know, I get it. You can eat. You can eat. Maybe this soft. Maybe this quiet stretch to Jacobs a little bit more with, especially with Henry and he's being back to normal mm-hmm. Mixon, i think <laughs> Mixon would have been the guy to trade after the blowout week right. <laughs> maybe see if you can move Mixon for one of those elite you know for like a barkley or something yeah i think i if i'm of the opinion that i don't want both that i don't want both Bengals and that higgins you know higgins value is going to be what it is and four nets is is going the other direction then you know, yeah, you can make the deal. Yeah, yeah, I th- that's fine. I, I, I would. We give I'm you putting myself in your shoes. I would do it. We're giving you all the, all the confidence in the world to smash that accept button. Yep. But don't yell at us when Jacobs doesn't do much. I'm doesn't kidding. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want any problems. I don't need him. All right, uh, trending the other direction, Antonio Gibson has started to get his role back. Um, it's like they found out Brian Robinson wasn't going to come in and be a world changer at running back, and so Gibson's getting back involved in the not just the receiving game, but also the run game, and has also flashed a little bit of a chunk ability. So he, you know, has regained at least RB two slash streamer considerations most weeks. Um, Najee Harris, wrong direction. Yeah, and in fact that uh, there's now been a buzz about potentially Jalen Warren. Now, the rumors got shot down fairly quickly, and maybe this is just a team leaking out some shit to kind of maybe draw up a little bit of anger from Harris, who is, uh, not have had, he's not had a 20-plus yard run this whole season. No. That's not um, good. No, <laughs> especially especially when, when volume isn't carrying you. You, you got to mm-hmm. get some efficiency, some explosiveness, which has not been his game, so. It's yeah. uh he's been firmly on your bench for a while and will remain there. Yeah. A couple other things where he most are back to earth a little bit. Now that Jeff Wilson's there, they pretty evenly split. So um, something else to keep an eye on is his stock trends down. Uh, we talked about Jonathan Taylor trending up, uh, getting healthy. Even Singletary is also right around the 10 point a game mark, which is right where, um, you know, guys like Khalil Herbert, Michael Carter, um, Latavius Murray are so he had a hot stretch there for a little bit, but he's also cooled off here recently. And you know, you consider that matchup dependent, basically. I I I don't even think with now the addition of Naeem Hines, you need a a true on true game script. And Buffalo is not; they're not a heavy run team. They're still a throw to run. They're still just they're 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 built a lot like Kansas City, where you would think in a heavy game script situation where it would favor a Devin Singletary, they'll opt to throw yeah. regardless. So be be very cautious with Singletary moving forward. Do not sleep on the Naeem Hines trade. Yep. And he's back. For Singletary, back. no rushing touchdowns, just the one receiving touchdown, uh, and only three games of double-digit runs. So <laughs> God, Josh Allen is fucking everything. Like, even in a bad week for him. I'm, I'm just going to take Singletary's rushing touchdowns. <laughs> it's okay. Um, the other side of this, let's go ahead and, and look at wide receivers. 
So trending up over the last couple of weeks, AJ Brown is the wide receiver three in points yeah, he's good over that football. time frame. He's been doing really, really well. DeAndre Hopkins has put himself right back in that top five since coming back. Juju Smith-Schuster at six. Oh yeah, oh, I've been yeah. acquiring him. I've been acquiring him everywhere, and it, it, while it's been all floor, I'm telling you, eight targets plus a game when it's just him and Kelsey. Yeah, and a touchdown blows him up. Ah, uh, I love it. He's and he it, is, and it he, hasn't and it hasn't been all floor though. Two hundred plus yard games with a tutty. That's a those are those that's better than floor. Yeah, <laughs> he had floor it, game last week with. You know, ten for eighty-eight, no tutties, but even that's ten really receptions good. So and four really PPR is also yeah. really good. It's not just been all floor for him. He has floor, which is what you want. But the upside's what's really started to show the last couple of weeks for for Juju. It's almost like he's getting familiar in this offense. I uh, go out and trade for Juju if your deadline hasn't passed yet. I'm telling you, go out and trade for him. It's going to be worth it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Brandon Ayuk is up there. Is he? Actually, yeah, he's top ten in points for me. I gotta see if that's one game. That feels oh. so. I mean, he had that. He had that twenty-five uh, point game a few weeks. I think it was the McCaffrey so, game. Check this out, Brandon Ayuk last three games. Now yeah. Debo has been banged up, but last three games, uh, eight receptions, eleven targets, eighty-three yards, two touchdowns. Seven receptions, eleven targets, eighty-two yards, no touchdowns. Six receptions on six targets, 81 yards, and a touchdown for Brandon Ayuk. You know, McCaffrey does help open up that offense a little bit. And he, more of their, I guess, traditional receiver. And Ayuk is getting the benefactory from, you know, from our, our favorite sexy quarterback, Garoppolo. Plus, I think, uh, was it Debo was out that one game, that last game? Yeah, Debo will be back too. So just something to think about. Uh, McCall Hardman, a lot of people are hard minning over that. Three straight touchdowns. Touchdowns are fluky. Um, he's, he's really still a only had player. one game where the target volume has, has supported that. So it's a little bit of fool's gold there, I think, with Nicole. I'm gonna I still like the MVS. I'm You're still chasing one, boom like, MVS, for sure, like, yeah. Yeah, that one three-touchdown game where he gets like 200 yards. Yeah. So here's the thing about, about Miko, too. It's been, you know, 41 snap share, 62 snap share, you know, 60% snap here. He, he ran 40, <clears throat> excuse me, he ran 45 routes last week. That's nearly double the highest he's ran all season in a game in which Casey had to come back and battle from against Tennessee. So you have a, uh, you have a low r- route running wide receiver who does not generate targets. Um, five, four and four was his targets before the week, before this past Sunday night. Where he had nine. You need to move. You need to move Miko Hartman. Move him. And yeah, you know, get him. someone who's a little more consistent and at least is on the field for, you know for this. He's just a gadget player. So be careful. I'd buy low almost on Devontae Smith right now with that if you can. Because a lot of people are kind of hating on Devonta Smith because he hasn't done anything since earlier in the season, but he's been on the field quite a bit. You know what I say about Snapshare? It's about what you get with it, but yep. you really can't get a lot of stuff if you're not on the field. That's true. And sometimes, like with Devonta Smith, you don't get a lot of stuff when you are on the field. 
He doesn't so give a fuck about your fantasy team either. No, he does not. <laughs> we do got a uh, we got thoughts on players question. So we just talked about Miko. Yeah, this we did. From, it's from Swaby. So he's got yeah. he's got question. He's got questions on his seven and two roster. Okay. So all right, no, I'm sorry. This is a trade question. I thought it was a player. All right. So he, the 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 question looks to be a bunch of dot players for JT and Keenan Allen. So you have Jeff Wilson, Miko Harmon, Jalen Warren, AJ Dillon for JT and Keenan Allen. Okay, why not? I have no idea. I have no idea what Keenan's situation is, but I'm seven and two looking towards the playoffs. We is have that... uh, you want to go in the chat real quick? I go in the chat. Huh? We're getting spammed. Oh, oh yeah, she want to get now. some. Does she want to get some some hot girl action going? I mean, at least it's not. Uh... Oh, sweet, beautiful girls here. <laughs> Three times. <laughs> That's where I could find them. Um, if you're making that trade, if you can get away with that trade, Suavia, so I, I take it. I don't know Google who would make X that trade. Sixty nine dot biz. It sounds like a bullying leak. Yeah. Um, hey. <laughs> Turkey, <laughs> perfect ten. <laughs> if if you're looking to move JT and Keenan Allen, I would not move them for those guys. You're just basically trying to shore up depth when you're about to get JT back. Drake London a, Oh, nice. Um, right. No, no, you're good. So again, Jeff Wilson, Miko Harmon, Jalen Warren, and AJ Dillon. Um, if yeah, I mean, if you can make that trade, I would certainly do it and get rid of. You know, depth is what gets you to the playoffs and upsides what wins your championships. And, you know, Keenan Allen working his way back, you might not get an immediate return on that. Jonathan Taylor, I think you will. You're going to improve upside that way. And I, you know, I think that that's exactly the transition you make. Oh, hold on. He's got an update. So he said, he said the guy he's trading with would take Jeff Wilson and Miko Harmon for Jonathan Taylor. Then I would just, that's do what that. I guess. Yes. I'm telling you, man, just, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you. Just this is it. the ultimate sell yeah, high. On, like this is it's this Sean, is the ultimate like, sell high on Hardman too. Like yeah, you're getting rid of Sean a running. <laughs> yeah, you're getting a running back <laughs> that has, you know, a fifty percent snap share, in Jeff Wilson, who, you know, people are losing their shit over it, dude. That was. It's not like Wilson blew up. He just had value and Hardman is like I said, I think that he's fool's gold. That's the only, you know, you're coming off the only game this year where he's gotten some form of target volume that would sustain that performance. Sure. Three straight touchdowns, but that you don't bet on that. That's fluky. No, you trade for the running back. He's going to have an entire backfield to himself. He's got no, no pass catching back there to actually take anything away. Zach Moss ain't going to do shit. Deion Jackson's hurt and a undrafted free agent who had one good game in, in, in JT's absence. Yeah. You take it and run and yep. you hope that JT can stay healthy and that the Colts don't completely implode with whatever the fuck they're doing with their coaching staff. But yeah. If he's willing to give up Keenan, I'd do that too. So the owner likes Jeff Wilson. Okay. And that's good. Hey, hey, take advantage of that. You know, Deuce teams three and six. Maybe there's a reason for it, but hey, if you like Jeff Wilson, let him have Jeff Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? If he didn't like you, you know, when he's three and six, he ain't gonna like you when he's three and seven. 
That's it. <laughs> you get it? What the fuck, guys? God, Jonathan Taylor sucks. All right, he does a couple suck. other trending up things. Alan Lazard, Jerry Judy, Christian Kirk, all kind of sitting there in the higher wide receiver two range. Um, Kirk's been a little up and down. <laughs> But, you know, I uh, really want to look at some of the guys that you should pull off of here before we get into game previews. Um, so trending down, Michael Pittman. Um, I think that Pittman was kind of a darling in the offseason for what you might get, especially with with Matt Ryan. Um, and then you kind of saw flashes of that upside that, that people wanted to be there, but he hasn't got a touchdown since since week one. Um, 58, 53, and 22 yards over the last three weeks. Um, bad offense, uncertain quarterback situation. He's back to being matchup dependent, I think. I mean, the floor is definitely there, but it's uh, like Jacoby Myers before this year type of floor. Just for the love of God, give us Matt Ryan. Just, yes, please. please, just like. I I don't know why you benched him. I don't know why you couldn't just blame it on the injury. But for the love of God, Sam Ellinger fucking sucks. Let him go. Just just I didn't wash get him it. away. Wash away from it. It's because it's it's Jim Irsay. I'm sure Jim Irsay has something to do with it. Yeah. Uh Chris God Godwin is the most disappointing I'm getting double digit targets receiver ever, I think. It's oh. been so I don't get it, man. 12, He's looking for his first touchdown, too, though, 12, right? 13, 11, 10 yeah. over the last yes, four weeks. Game. He's had zero touchdowns, no 100-yard games. Yeah, that's horrible. That whole offense isn't clicking, though, either. I think it's gonna, it should hopefully start clicking this weekend. Here's the thing that clicks. Terrace Marshall with a big play. Hooray. Go I guess so, I guess. I guess I should be happy. I still, no one literally wanted to buy him at his complete bottom out. So I still have a lot of Terrence Marshall in various places that are now, I guess, paying off. Should probably trade him in places. Maybe. But anyways, I mean, <clears throat> I mean he's he's basically. I mean, he wasn't free, but he's still very much. Yeah. But Godwin, yeah, going back to Godwin, it's he's. 85 plus snap share runs a bunch of routes, gets double digit targets, as you said. Six you, or seven catches, that's what you're getting from him. You keep wanting it to come, but it's all been it's all <laughs> been floor. <laughs> Jesus. It's just shooting blanks over there, buddy. Terrible. <laughs> he's catching nothing. He's um, trying to catch something, but he's catching nothing. You know, another guy that's been a little bit down is uh Amonra on a points per points per game basis he's also a guy that he was getting nine ten targets but you know no touchdown since the first two weeks of the season yeah i was hurt but you know he's been right around that that mid-range again just like godwin you know who else is right there donovan people's jones and you can get him off your waiver wire i got Donovan people's jones in my lineup this week i do too ryan is there any is there any Word that's not gotten out a bunch from the Detroit B writers about St. Brown is he still hurt of some sort? Try to ex- explain why he's 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 been slow to get back to. No, like he's been play, like from him. He looks fine on Sunday. Like when I watched him on Sunday against the Packers, he looked just fine. It was just the way the whole script was going. 
They were trying to more they were trying to more ground and pound it than they were trying to pass it. I mean, that's I think that's what Dan Campbell kind of wants to do. I mean, 93, 94 snap share, but only 33 and 26 routes run. They're just not. Yeah, they're not passing as I mean, I guess they should be passing more, but. But they're not. He, he's, a good by low. he's a good by low player right now. If you can get him. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to take off here again. I mean, that'd be nice. Yeah, I need him. I need you. Godwin could be, could be, you know, as well. But yeah, um, he's a trade target. Amari Cooper's a trade target. Uh, tight end wise, George Kittle's back thanks to Jimmy G. He's uh right behind Yay. Travis Kelsey in points per game, and they're both well clear of the next two, which are Dallas Goddard and Pat Fryermuth. So things you love to see. Greg Dolchik, Zach Ertz round out the top five. So. Yeah, Dalton Schultz also reprising his role as a mid-tier tight end one now that he's healthy. Just stay healthy. Yes, please. So, all right, that's going to do it for our check-in. If you have players that you want opinions on, please throw them out there. We try to trip into, you know, as many as we can throughout just doing these statistical reviews, looking for things that, that jump out. Um, and even as we go through game previews, but if there's somebody you're interested in thoughts on just for the rest of the season, just, you know, let us know or recent performance or, or anything like that, or we're more than happy to dive into it. Um, what do you think, Dan, you want to get game previews going or do you want to go ahead and hit a beer review before we do it? No, let's do a beer review and then we'll, uh, we'll jump in these previews. This should start going a little bit quicker now. Uh, go ahead, whoever wants to start. All right, because <clears throat> I'm almost done here. Again, I'm drinking Narrow Gage's OJ Run. OJ Run is a hazy Imperial IPA, clocks in at 8.6. They list the grains here. So Golden Promise, two row, and they use oak flakes, which is w- what gives it a f- a fuller, creamier body to it. That doesn't make you feel so, you know, full. Hops are Citra, Galaxy, Amarillo, and Apollo. Um, this is pretty much uh if did you just spill your beer? Maybe be right Oh my night. god, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm, I'm fucking just sitting my head in disgrace. So sad for my hosts. Anyways, this is a hazy IPA, you know, full and through. This is a little a little more creamier, um, you know, fuller body hazy because of the oak flakes that are being used. Um Narrow Gage is considered one of the better hazy IPA breweries in the Midwest. If you're ever out in Missouri, um, highly recommend if you like hazies, which I'm sure most people do, as it's still a very growing category. Uh, picks it up. Is it very tropical? Yeah, I mean it's it's like all all, all hazies. It's (laughs) it's a hazy. Yeah, Uh, uh, Deontay Foreman touched on too. By the way, it's Hopper. In and out, spilling his beer, twelve yard touchdown. Ryan, go ahead. So I had Brew Dog Elvis Juice. It's a grapefruit infused IPA. It is very grapefruity because that's all I can taste in it for an IPA. It comes in at six and a half percent, and it's very tasty. It's it's very light on the mouth. 
a very good taste. It holds the flavor too, which is quite interesting because usually I feel like when I drink most IPAs, it kind of like that uh, aftertaste is, isn't there as long. Where this one kind of holds it a lot longer and I actually like it a lot more. And about ready to go grab a second one. That's how good it is. Damn you, you know, Deontay it, Foreman. It is a good beer. It is a great fruit IPA. And IPA hops generally, especially using fruitier IPAs, it's going to be the the primary fruit uh, taken from. So, yeah, I mean, that's it's, why it's that's why it feels through. so much. Yeah, it's why it feels so much like a, a kick in the teeth with grapefruit. Yeah, it's like from front to back. So how does that? It's how does that computer desk beer taste now? <laughs> I still have some left in it. Uh, for you know, for an oatmeal stout, it definitely hit the body right. It had the creaminess that I expect. My cat is down here smelling this too. It had the creaminess I would expect to it. Um, great body, definitely roasty without being over bitter. There's definitely hints of, of you know, chocolate and coffee like I'd expect out of a out of a darker beer. But it didn't overdo it at all. It definitely wasn't astringent by any means. Um, almost a little light on the roast for on uh, the roast for a stout. Kind of borders on porter a little more. Um, so kind of barely a stout. But overall, yeah, they did a really good job with it. With oatmeal stouts, you are going for creamier, maybe a little bit on the sweeter side. Not so much, you know, expecting it to stand up to things like bourbon or anything like that. Um, you know, there's some people that do really good ones. Uh, Maplewood has, I think it's a uh, fat pug, which is a pretty good oatmeal stout. Um, and they do a variant on that with brownie points. And this is right up there with that. So, you know, triptych once again, proving they do more than just IPA as well. Sounds pretty good. How's that for off the cuff while I'm also trying to clean up a freaking mess? Dude, that was quite, that's quite multitasking there. That was great. I'm, yeah, I'm, it's all Deonta Foreman's fault. I was celebrating a Deonta Foreman <laughs> touchdown because I have been going in so many different places. And when I did the fist pump, I hit the glass. I'm looking at a still photo of a very wide open DJ Moore that is completely missed by PJ Walker. But I'm happy because I saw I mean, that also upsets me, but my foreman chairs are fine. Either way. Happiness. Sued. All right. Read there. As you keep cleaning up, we'll start game previews. <laughs> All right. I'm cleaned up. We, I'm have good. The, we have the Germany game here. Um, this one starts at 1130 Central. So oh, 1030 sweet. your time, so Ryan. It, so it's not a full blown call. thirty your time. Yeah. So it's not a it's not a it's a true on true early game. Just a half an hour early for the folks out there. So we'll jump into uh We'll jump into the bets here, and then we'll we'll get her fucking moving. Tampa Bay, two and a half point favorites, technically the home team out there in Germany. Um, we don't really know what to expect from this. We don't know if it's gonna be like London or if it's gonna be something normal. Seattle has covered four straight games and five out of their last six. I will take Seattle in the points. Um, I need to see uh Tampa Bay being able to confidently you know, you know, not only win games but cover games. So I will uh I'll ride the Seattle Geno Smith uh, train here to another hopeful cover here. The over under is at uh, uh, at 44 and a half. Uh, Just take Seattle in points. Okay. I'm back. What are we talking about? Germany. Seattle, Tampa. Yes. Seattle, Tampa. Yeah. 
So, if ever there were a get-right game for the Bucks, this is probably one of them. This is not a game for Seattle. Like, the last time I faded Geno Smith, it bit me. I think you fade Geno Smith in this one because Tampa's defense is the reason that they're in games right now. Um, You fade Lockett because he's been tailing off for the last couple weeks anyway. Um, And even... You know, even Metcalf in this one's a little iffy for me, but Kenneth Walker, there's no way you can sit him right now. But I'm generally going to ride a fade train on Seattle. And I think that if there's any point where you can expect the Bucks to get right, this is it. Um, and they have to. You've been fine with Mike Evans. Chris Godwin, we mentioned he's getting double-digit targets. He's not what you drafted, but you'll still take double-digit targets out of a wide receiver too pretty much any game. Um, you know, and then from there, we're going to be watching the Fournette Rashad White thing close. I think Fournette gets one more shot after getting riled up and, you know, that leaking in the media, but I don't think he's going to have it all to himself. Um, it's kind of one more week of wait and see if you have to start Fournette, you're fine. If you have to start White, I think it's going to be pretty 50 50 in this one, and it is a plus matchup there. Um, so. I guess for the Bucks, you could term it as full go, but kind of a cautious one. Like you're more so using them to give your lineup some floor, given what they've been, and you're hoping there's some boom there given the matchup. Seattle's a pretty big fade for me this week against that defense. So that defense is the only reason Tampa Bay has been in games. All right. DFS wise, I only thing I could pull was just a showdown. And they have Mike Evans at, at the top at 15,900. So. They must be really feeling a big Tom Brady game coming also because he's the player number four just behind Geno Smith at 15,000. But if you're like you're saying Hopper about going uh, with white, he's at 7,500 compared to Leonard Fournette's 11.7. So that's not, that's pretty good value there at that one. But I also wouldn't mind even sprinkling the, uh, Buccaneers defense on this because I like just like how you said hop how good they've been playing I feel like this is a get right game for them also and kind of hopefully blow them out they come in at 6600 yeah it's kind of a floor defense too where you know you they just don't give up a lot of points so yeah if you're waiver hunting defenses which the Bucks probably aren't on waivers but you know it's not a situation where you think of them as a high sack or high interception team but especially in leagues where you get a baseline for points allowed, that's where, where the Bucks usually benefit you. Yeah. And it looks like Cameron breaks it back at full practice, so maybe the Kate Otten uh, experiment might be over. Probably. <laughs> All right. But it's probably the game of the week. Really? Especially if Josh, especially if Josh Allen can play. Vikings, Bills. Uh, Bills three and a half point favorites at home. This line to me suggests that Josh Allen is not going to play. I think Buffalo. I think they opened the line. I think, or I think when the line opened up last week, they were I want to say nine point favorites, maybe maybe slightly under. That's dropped down to now just three and a half. That's a massive drop. That is going to generally be because of Josh Allen. 
Uh, I think once we get the Case Keenum uh, call as sees the actual start, I can see this being a little bit closer to a pick maybe slightly get Buffalo the edge at, you know, maybe two, two and a half. But um, I'm still taking Minnesota. Um, <clears throat> uh, bias in me all I want, but uh, we don't know what this Buffalo team's – last week was rough. The defense is absolutely legit, <clears throat> and they're getting healthy. Um. And yes, Case Keenum is definitely com- you know is competent enough, and this is a revenge game for Diggs, blah blah, this, that, and the other. But Minnesota is just they know how to win these type of games, and now we're going to see if if this team's actually legit or if they can just beat up on bad teams. But I'll take Minnesota, and I'll t- and the over under is at forty three, and I'll take the over because I think it's going to be close. And regardless of who's quarterbacking Buffalo, they have enough weapons to keep this game script moving. So. Minnesota three and a half and the over. All right. We'll start with the Vikings and they're they've been pretty chalked. There's not been a whole lot of cuteness out of that group. It's been it's been Cook, it's been J. Jeff, Thielen's been, you know, kind of a fifty yard wide receiver three if it has some touchdown upside. You haven't really gotten any boom out of Adam Thielen this year. Um, but there has absolutely been some floor there. Um you know, if you're in a situation to play them, I think that's going to be fine. For Hawk, another week to get the offense under his belt. You're full go on that. I can't, nine targets on on just three days. On three days, yeah, they're that's gonna awesome. they're gonna he, use him. He might be a tight end. He might be the tight end too. After it's all said and done, just if if that's the usage that we should expect, right? Now the flip side of this, because two teams playing football games, that's <laughs> my takeaway on this uh, really how it works Hopefully. the bill for the bills um look nobody's gonna pretend that case Keenum's josh allen but case Keenum is a passer i think is you know he doesn't quite have the arm but is still competent he has rapport with digs you're not absolutely not fading digs and you know this is a matchup where i would typically have leaned towards a gabe davis play he's been down the last couple weeks and i still think that you could do that for buffalo i don't think missing josh allen changes that much what you do with buffalo because i think it's just those two single terry we talked about coming in has not been utilized a whole lot you don't have a lot of clarity in that running game right now um dawson knox hasn't been a factor for most of the season unless you get lucky enough for him to catch a touchdown you know this game should be high scoring and i and close enough to where I think you can play Gabe Davis and you're totally fine with digs on, on this one. So you just roll with it. There's nothing cutesy to get into here either. I'll, I'll be surprised to see, you know, how the deep ball game goes for Buffalo. Just given how good Minnesota's pass rush is. The fact that case really mm-hmm. isn't the escape artist doesn't have the downfield touch. Maybe, Maybe we'll get to see Davis utilize more, you know, you know, in the intermediate game. Because I fully, I mean, I fully expect Diggs to get shadow coverage the entire game. I don't think yeah. Minnesota wants to have Diggs beat them. I think you may see, you know, the similar coverage to what KC did to Buffalo in the playoffs last year and force Buffalo to beat them with somebody else. And this now, is this is that moment for Davis to step up again, but he doesn't have Josh Allen this time, so we'll see how that looks. 
Cam Dantzler, your outside corner two or your nickel normally? I think he's our outside. He'd be, he'd be opposite of Patterson, but his backup's far better. Yeah. The dancer, like and dancer's it, been a liability this year. Yeah. You know, dancer's been hurt too. And he's yeah. out. So it's, uh, the Vikings defense has been making plays, not as bad as people think they are, but yeah. No, this is their true test. They've quietly been pretty good. This is a, a big test. And, <laughs> you know, the thing with Davis, you got to set your lineup to be able to take what you've got in the last two weeks, too, by playing him in this game. And, you know, you if you get six points out of him, you've got to have upside elsewhere for that to not kill you because you are taking a little bit of a gamble here. He's definitely got upside. But the thing with Davis that, that Dan mentions a lot is that there is boom bust to that game and you could end up with a six point floor. So that's the word of caution. I like the upside. You have to use upside in a calculated fashion. And, you know, Case Keenum potentially starting this instead of Josh Allen is not enough to pull me off of the, what I thought about this matchup for that upside. But we'll see. Uh, DJ Moore headed to the locker room with an apparent head injury. Oh, oh fucking boy. fantastic. He's done for the day or night. And now he said it's been clear to return. Why the fuck would you post that? Oh, good. All right, Ryan, DFS. I was thinking like Justin Jefferson would be like a hell of a play because even though like the opposition rank shows him 12th, the whole entire defense of the Bills is pretty well like not fully there. They're not fully healthy. You know, you're Secondary's still been banged up. They're yeah, going to get white. Porter. They're going to get white back this week. I think he's finally set it to return uh, from his ACL tear last year. So the number one defensive back, I think, should be should be back. Hell of a we, test to draw Justin Jefferson week. You know, your first game your back. First game back from but... an ACL tear. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, yeah, maybe the off on that. Maybe Thanks, keep me coach. on IR for another week. Let me yeah. ease into this yeah. a little bit. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. <sighs> well, it's just that too. Like, you know, he could, could he get hurt again? You know, could we see some type of different play? He's going to hurt his knee. He's going to roll up on his knee very gently. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a hamstring because that's always what it is when somebody's coming off of. Always a hamstring. Yeah. yeah. All right. Aww. I... Aww, duh, look at that. Aww. Was that cute or what? Yeah, to- like, yeah to- I guess. I, uh, uh, torts and dorbs, bro. <laughs> yeah, we're good on that. That's it. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much nailed everything <laughs> on it. So I was going. I thought I threw a couple questions out there on it. Threw him off his game. Yeah, his wife was just like, I gotta embarrass him on camera. Let's go to the uh, potentially uh, high highest game of the week. Potentially, Lions Bears. Rar. Bears are three point favorites at home. Uh, 48 and a half is the game total. Chicago has been riding this scoring hawk streak 32, 29, and 33 points scored the past three games. Obviously, all accounts are just if he was blowing up with his top five uh, QB finishes during that range. Trade's offense is kind of stalled. They did put 27 points up against Miami, but I mean, Miami defense just isn't as good as people think they are because they keep getting scored on they're not. consistently. No. So if you take away, I hate saying this, but if you take away the Miami game, nine points, six points, and zero points. 
is what Detroit scored. The good news is the Bears defense has been pretty atrocious ever since those trades <laughs> went down too. Now they don't have Detroit doesn't have the firepower of a Dallas or a Miami who scorched the Bears defense, but still. <laughs> yes. Um. So I, again, maybe a sneaky shootout. That uh, you know, maybe a sneaky sloppy shootout. Um. In terms of betting, I take Chicago and the points. Um. I have no issue here. I'm gonna ride this this uptick in offense and and the fact that Detroit doesn't really have one right now. I think you can see them easily to score enough points to just kind of ease on to a comfortable win. And I'll take the over because I like points. That's why. Love points. I also yeah. like points. Look, absolutely a Justin Fields game. Um, you're absolutely good with with Darnell Mooney. Bears want to run the football. They're going to be able to. You got to pick your spots with Khalil Herbert. This is a good spot to pick. Montgomery last week, you saw that swing back his direction. Um, I don't see the Bears not being able to execute a game plan they want to execute, and the game plans they want to execute are run heavy. Um, so you can pick a spot with Herbert this week as kind of a three-flex play that has some some upside to him. Um you're good with Mooney. Claypool, you still want to see it and see him get a little bit more involved in the offense as he comes into this week two. If you absolutely need it, sure, you can take that dart throw. It's a good matchup to do it. But, you know, this offense from Getze is not the easiest one to learn from what I've heard and read. So just something to keep in mind. Lion side of this, DeAndre Swift um, should see his workload continue to increase based on some comments from Dan Campbell. He seems to have been pretty honest about that whole situation. So even if it's 10 to 15 targets in this one, you're good with Swift. Jamal Williams will still have a role. So both backs, we mentioned the Bears secondary has not necessarily been, and the Bears defense has not necessarily been fantastic. St. Brown's a three with upside this week. They still have good corners. Um, And we mentioned that Detroit does not have the same level of firepower, but you know, if, as long as St. Brown's going to get the bulk of the targets there from Detroit, then you're going to ride it, ride that, especially with what we've seen from the Bears the last couple weeks. So, should be a fun one from two teams that aren't necessarily that aren't you know in playoff contention or anything. Should be a pretty uh, profitable game for fantasy. The other thing too is look at Cole Komet for a potential repeat performance. I think that might have been a sign of some things to come. This is the game I'm definitely looking at stacked on DFS. Like even go Justin Fields, you can go back the other way. You know, you go with Cole Komet. You can go in with Amon Ross Brown. I mean, however you want to piece it, you can piece it together. Darnell Mooney is a little risky, but he comes at 5,500. I still like him, but I just feel like Okuda's going to be on him. And Okuda's been quite shutting down a lot of wide receivers. So I'd play that one with caution, even though the value is of Okuda going to be on him or Chase? He'll be on Okuda. Or he'd be on Mooney. Sorry. Mooney. Yeah. But yeah, he'll be more on him. Uh, I forget how you say his last name. Iguani yeah. or something. He sucks. He's a, he's the number two, but he'll probably be more on like likely on Claypool. But like the Justin Fields hype is real because he's been the what QB one since like week five. But that Lions defensive line, I think, will it's still gonna try to figure out how to stop him. Good luck. And, Good luck. <laughs> Good hey, luck. And the line, and the Lions defense comes in at $2,900, so might be a sneaky play. No, don't touch that. You wouldn't touch that? Not a chance. Unless you want 
I mean, if you can get turnovers and sacks, maybe, which is something that I feel still does. Yeah. But you're going to get, you, you could get potentially cooked for points. So it's a boom bust. If there's ever a boom bust defense, I think it's against. Uh, you don't want boom bust in your defense. No. Well, I mean, DFS. And not when bust is the more likely outcome. I know, but that's, I mean, you know, you're building game stacks at this point, setting up a bunch of lineups. I I don't hate uh, having some lines thing to it, but I also agree with Hopper. Justin Fields in the moon. I didn't mention, I didn't mention bye weeks yet, by the way. Ravens, Bengals, those are the two big ones, but Patriots and Jets all on bye. So that's, that's still, yeah. Lamar is gone. No Lamar, no Andrews, no Drake, no Andrews, Burrow, Higgins, Mixon, Stevenson, Myers, uh, Carter, Robinson, Garrett Wilson, Mixon, and Garrett Wilson. I said Rest in peace, all my all my games that I lost last week because of Mixon. He was on my <laughs> he was on my bench. I still I won that but... game, but he was on my bench. <laughs> That's funny. All right, we got a trade question from Zachary Hugh. It's a so, big boy trade here too. Uh, Told man PPR league. So he says trade away. So you have Swift is for sure part of this deal, and then there's kind of. One other running back and one other receiver. So he's asking between Henry or Barkley to go alongside Swift. That's a huge move. And then throwing in Jamal Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, or CeeDee Lamb. And he's trying to acquire McCaffrey and Kenneth Walker. So I'll break this down a little bit more. You're looking at a potential deal of a top three running back in Henry or Barkley. Swift, who's still recovered from his injury, but there's still a lot of upside. And then Jamal Williams, Amarat St. Brown, or CeeDee Lamb. There's so much range in that outcome. And he's trying to acquire McCaffrey and Kenneth Walker. So So I guess out of... Well, yeah, let's build the trade first, right? Because there's some variability there. Well, can he start all those running backs? Like, if you trade, if you trade away Henry or Saquon, so that's and then you have Swift there. You can start three in most scenarios. You're gonna have you're trading away Swift and then Henry or Saquon. So, I mean, you're trading two backs to get two backs. You're getting a little. uh, You're getting a little more certainty. And your running back swaps between McCaffrey and Walker with Swift still hurt and the Lions offense is in this odd, very odd spot. Um, Are but you... you also have to potentially give up. You're not giving up Jamal Williams. Like I, I doubt that that trade gets accepted. So I just want to throw him out. But St. Brown or or Lamb. I, I would do St. Brown is the wide receiver I'm willing to move, and I would do yeah. Barkley as the running back that I'm that I'm willing to move in this one. So you guys are willing to move St. Brown, Barkley, and Swift for McCaffrey and Walker. I actually, go ahead, Ryan. You, I, I really move Swift and Jamal and Amon. I really, give me all the lines. You're not going to be go for, and just go no for way CMC. That, there's no way that trade gets accepted with Jamal Williams in there. 
I mean, it'd be a pipe dream. Like if I could get that deal to go through, sure, fine. I would be fine with that. But I, I just don't think you're gonna get that trade accepted with Jamal Williams. Would you trade? Would you be willing to take McCaffrey and Walker on if you gave up our Barkley or Henry with Swift? Yeah. And then Lamb. Or yeah, I mean, Brown. I would be able to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'd rather hold on to Lamb. He's got the most upside of, of those last three. Um, I think Henry's a little bit more solidified right now than than Barkley. I mean, Henry is that Tennessee offense. Right oh, they're now. both. He's, he's getting I all mean, the workload. So yeah, is Barkley. But we just talked earlier York. in the show about how Barkley's trended down the last four weeks or so since his hot start. So, and Henry's gone the other direction. So give me the guy whose stock is down or sorry, trade away the guy whose stock's down right there. If you can, I like Henry a little bit more from an insulated perspective, especially with, with CMC coming in. I consider CMC, you know, Barkley, similar type of players, CMC with higher upside CMC makes getting rid of Saquon completely palatable. And I think Walker for, you know, Swift and ARSB Walker has been the RB three the last four weeks. I'm all for it. You're basically swapping two elite, uh, uh, two down grinders who are workhorses. And then you're swapping the two best uh, pass catching backs. Uh, You know, uh, two of the top pass catching backs. I wouldn't do it if it's Lamb. I I'd be no. very pressed. But Sam I Brown, either. I think I think I would do that deal for Sam Brown, and obviously I would do that deal for Jamal. So I'd probably start with the Sam Brown side, Zachary. Do you know? Do a Barkley. You pick between Barkley or Henry. I, I to me it doesn't matter. I think Barkley still has a little more upside, but the offense is turning backwards, and Henry is coming into his own since he's returned from injury this year. So you pick between those two. I would not give up CD lamb. Ryan, any closing thoughts before we keep moving on to the games? No. Okay. I've, already, I've already said everything on it. Tyler Algier trying to block Brian Burns is a mismatch. How'd that work like out? That's, that's no, uh, Mariota got sacked. <laughs> yeah, that's how that should always work out. Brian Burns, elite. Tyler Algier, not elite. Yeah. He's also, not his primary job is not to block. So he probably don't want him blocking either. All right, Jacksonville at Kansas City. Kansas or uh, Kansas City is nine and a half point favorites at home. Fifty and a half is the game total. Uh, both teams aren't great against the spread this year. Jacksonville has only covered one game, which was this past week against the Raiders. Last time they covered a game was back in September. Uh, Chiefs have been kind of up and down in that department. From some of a spread standpoint, nine and a half points is a lot of points, right? Um, you know, a lot of back, you know, door shit can happen, especially if Jacksonville's down by a couple of scores in the fourth quarter. They can easily come back and score a late touchdown to push this. I would stay away from the spread here, and I would just bet the over. I think I think we're starting to see Jacksonville's offense become a little more comfortable. And you're going to start seeing, I think, a little more efficiency from it. And KC's been lock and step, you know, with these newer guys, you know, to this team are starting to get more comfortable within the offense. They expect more efficiency and more scoring from them. So I love the I love the over at 50 and a half, and I'd stay away from the spread. Uh, this is another game that is a, a fantasy football gold mine. So yeah. Kansas City giving up the most 
points in the receiving game to running backs, which is a weird thing. Not a weird thing. It's a great thing if you have Travis Etienne. Um, you know, game script wise, Christian Kirk is going to be fine. He's been up and down, and this is going to be, you know, kind of one of those floor plus, plus up sort of weeks. Evan Ingram, we talk about, you know, him a lot is somebody you're pretty comfortable with if he's being a top 10 tight end at this point. And I don't think there's anything that, that changes that necessarily here either. The Chiefs run game, you haven't been able to predict anything with. Jarek McKinnon's been kind of the most utilized, but there's not anything you're comfortable with on that front. So avoid it. And, you know, in the receiving game, Juju, absolutely. This is another good matchup where Hardman's going to get his shots. He's coming off the big game. People are going to start him. I think that's perfectly fine given the matchup. Um, you know, Kelsey Mahomes are or chalk juju should be considered chalk too so you know really it's yes it's a christian kirk week yes chase the miko hardman points i like it i'm still on the marcus valdez scantling uh bandwagon i'm not getting <laughs> off of it ryan does because, not want to come off no i don't want to come off until he do- it goes off because like i'm just tired of it because it's like he was doing great he had it and then if it, it falls off and it's hard to like you know to Go for him because you look at him and compare to Michael Hartman. Michael Hartman scored 47.9 points over the last two games. Well, from Valdez Scantling's had 19.3. So it's been a tale of, you know, two different sets of players. But in his first four games, Valdez Scantling saw 22 targets. And then this last four, he's only seen 16. But his max was back in week, week five when he saw eight. So the targets aren't there. I feel like there it's the shift because Andy Reid knows when to shift that offense. The mark, like it's going to shift from Michael Harmon. It's going to go back to Marcus Feldes Scanley because they they gave him that huge ass contract, and they're not getting any money out of it. So, I just feel like it's good. It's going to be a deep play. MVS is going to score. You're going to smash at him for forty one hundred dollars, and he's going to be it's going to be well worth it. Ryan is going to will this into existence. I will. Another way, it's still going to be Juju for he's going to have ten targets, eight catches for eighty five yards and a tutty. And then we're all going to be like, Juju. Do you not but play like, MVS in fantasy? <laughs> oh, no. he He's a DFS play. He certainly is a DFS play you can make. I love he's it. Worth the, he's worth the cost because it doesn't cost that much. But that's all I got for here. He is a fun comeback. This will be a very this will be a very popular uh, high game stacking. You're going to see. A variety of stacks with all of Mahomes' receiving options and Jacksonville's options, right? With Kurt and Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, you're going to see stacks go fucking more. Yeah, and MVS is the cheapest game, game of all the like known names that everyone would know. I'd probably stay away from me, Colin DFS. I'm sure his, I mean, unless his salary has gone up. He's at 4500 Okay, yeah. I yeah. love how pumped up Johnny Hecker just was about putting that pun at the two because the special teams guy, <laughs> his gunner, made a play. Love it. All right. Browns, Dolphins. Dolphins, three and a half point favorites at home. Game total is at 49 and a half. I thought the Dolphins had a better record than I didn't realize they're just uh, four and five. The, the defense has been bad, and you didn't have Tua for. A couple this weeks, is, but it's yeah, I see why because how good the offense has been. But 
The defense is this is a team of streaks, right? They won three in a row to start the year. Uh Tua gets her Bridgewater's banged up as well. They lose four straight. Since Tua's return, they've won three in a row. As far as I'm concerned, with Tua, they're six and oh. As long as they can protect him, this is a team that that just finds ways to win games. I, I would take Miami. I'll take the points at home. I'll take the over. If their defense sucks. I don't think it matters who their quarterback is. You know, Brissett's a professional. You guys have mentioned liking both. Um, you know, you know, both of them are Cooper and Donovan Peoples Jones. That should not change for this matchup, and it should not change in your expectations of the game total. Should be another fun game to sack in DFS once we get to it. Yes, ma'am. So take Miami and the over. It's definitely going to be another sneaky fun game for for fantasy because of how good Miami's off, offense is um, and how bad their defense is. So, you know, without getting into the the players that you would consider chalk, I would say Donovan Peoples-Jones is an absolute play this week in this matchup given how bad Miami's defense has been. Um, he's going to get his shots. He's shown decent floor over the last three to four weeks, and you 100% have an opportunity at some upside. Cooper has been silently very, very good this se- this season. Um, on the Dolphins' side, the biggest question is, you know, Mostert and, and Wilson. Wilson had a good game last week and, and got a lot of hype. He caught the touchdown. Without the touchdown, though, you know, 70 scrimmage. Scrimmage yards is just okay. You got a 50-50 split. They're both flex plays. It really comes down to whoever gets the touchdown, and you need to see more than than just, excuse me, one week of that. Yeah, that whole Jeff like Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, it's a, a true like 50-50 split. They each had yeah. nine carries. People are just high on Wilson because he had the touchdown. It had been Mostert with the touchdown like it was a couple weeks ago, then – completely the other direction. Mostert had a rushing touchdown in that game. Mostert had the rushing, and Wilson had the receiving, I think, if I'm correct. Last week? They both had a touchdown. Yeah, they both scored. Mostert did have the rushing touchdown, yes. Just 26 total yards, though, and didn't have the receiving work. So 50 more scrimmage yards for Jeff Wilson. But 50-50 split is a 50-50 split. Yeah. But I like Jeff Wilson in that, in that case for DFS because – most of it comes in at 6,100 and then Wilson's at 5,500. So it's a $600 saving there for a 50, yeah, 50 just split. Take whoever's cheaper. Yeah. And then like totally smash on Donovan people's Jones, like we've already been talking about all night. Mari Cooper's a hit at 6,500, but DPJ at 4,300. Hell of a savings. Dude, this I Miami do like defense. That. This Miami defense, like their defensive back suck. Big play ability big too. There's a lot of big plays in this, in this game that the, you know, yeah. that the defense gives up. Could very well be a track meet. And Ramari Cooper always burns Xavier Howard, so take that for what it's worth. And David, is is it true that David Njoku is really going to play this week? Uh, he's not. He could. I don't, I don't oh, even he, know. He, all right, so he spotted it. He was working on the sideline. Yeah. He's probably not going to play this week, so I want to look at that. Yeah, he was because... not considered a non-participant. He was doing kind of his own work off to the side. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't look at any of these uh, Cleveland tight ends, even though the Mm-mm. the play's great. But if it's not in the Joker, you don't want to play it. So my favorite, st- my favorite stat in this Panthers game, uh, Panthers Falcons, uh, Kyle Pitts 
seven targets, one catch. Oh, how many overthrows were they? Sure, all of them. Well, I know one of them was intercepted, maybe two of them. All of Twitter is pounding the table for Ritter or Desmond Ritter. Desmond and this point, yes. the fact that Atlanta's uh, four and five, you may have to wait another week or two for that to happen. Right. I love <sighs> it. I love it. So Keep going, Twitter. All right. Houston Texans at the Giants. Giants are four and a half point favorites at home. 41 is the game total. This should be uh great defense in Giants versus a pretty inconsistently bad offense. In Houston, someday we're going to see the teams overload um, their front against Damian Pierce. I have a feeling that it, his hardcore efficiency is going to take a dip soon as teams start to kind of say, fuck you, Davis Mills. We're going to th- throw everything at, at Damian Pierce instead. But until that happens, uh, Giants have been fantastic against the spread this season. I will still keep riding with them at uh, minus uh, four and a half. And I'll uh, I'll take the under. Both teams like to play slow. They're not very explosive. So Giants in the under. The only thing you trust on the Giants is Saquon Barkley for the most part. Um, you know, Texans are not giving up a ton defensively because you don't got to do a ton against them offensively. Let's put it that way. It's a good Barkley game script. Um, stay away from the Daniel Jones stream. Stream. I don't know you can do anything with the Texans other than Damian Pierce. Cooks is back at practice, but it's just it's pretty low. This is like the opposite of three or four of the other games we've talked about where they're <laughs> their fantasy gold mines. This is just absolutely one hundred percent not that. So um I think for the Giants, the other thing that you could do if you were, you know, Andrew's guy looking on waivers, you could lean it. Give Daniel Bellinger a look, but I don't love that either. So he was also banged up, if I remember correctly. Who's the cornerback for uh New for Houston? Who's what? It, uh, a Davis Mills. No, the cornerback, not the quarter corner. Oh, the defensive oh, back. Um, Singletary, Derek Singletary. Yes, him, Stingley. Stingley. Yeah, Stingley. Stingley. Yeah. Touchdown Falcons. Touchdown Falcons. Uh, Kendall Hodge. Dang Kendall it. Kendall Hodge. <laughs> Why? Kendall Hodge. That helps nobody. I, there you go. Yeah. Hodge. Yeah. Kendall, Kendall, I don't care. Twice now. Dan's in midseason form. We've had Derek yeah. Singletary and Kendall Hodge. <laughs> Derek Stanley. Yeah. It's, at least one of them I care about. Stingley? Yeah, Stingley's been a shutdown corner, so yeah. Yeah. I don't see anyone really doing good for anyone on the Giants. Uh, you don't want to play at Giants receivers anyway. It's total avoid. You'll get Slayton, probably. Who just shanked an extra point? Wandale Robinson. Gross. At I mean, best. Maybe. He plays in and out. This game's gross. Yeah, this game, I, I'd just be He's playing bad. the two running backs, and that'd be it. Yep. Okay. Anything else? Saints. I don't even. I don't even love Pierce because the Giants are pretty good against the run. So. Yeah. But he has but no touchdown not... upside, and he doesn't catch passes. I think that this is a a floor, you know, fifty yarder for Damian Pierce. Twenty one. Twenty one carries for fifty 
Eight two yards. yards. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Saints at Steelers. Saints are two point favorites. Uh, a 40 even is the game total. Both teams a little bit up and down against the spread this season. Saints offense uh, this past week kind of took a dud against Baltimore, just 13 points. Well, Pittsburgh just traded away uh, Chase Claypool with a struggling offense that can't score points. An inefficient run game due to how bad their offensive line is. Take the Saints in the under. If you don't want to bet the spread, then just take the under because – I don't see Pittsburgh winning this game even at home. If you don't want to bet the spread, just don't bet the spread. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, this one's another one where I, I don't think Pittsburgh has much repair doing anything. Najee Harris has been absolutely terrible. Deontay Johnson is, you know, target volume is what it is. He has not necessarily been good. And I think you got better options than, than Pickens this week against the Saints. Pickens is the one that, you know, Okay, yeah, you got to start it. That's okay, but you don't look at this and feel fantastic about it. Pat Fryermuth is really the only, you know, stealer within his position group that I look at and have a lot of trust with. Um, Saints side of the football, uh, Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, and you know Steelers defense being bad, you do have Andy Dalton as a potential streamer this week. So I'll give it that one too. Dwan Jennings. Just kidding. Mm, he got touched on last week. <laughs> That's all he keeps doing. Holy crap. What? Chris Olave is six eight hundred dollars. I mean, when you've been a very good, very good, good lately and high and consistent wide receiver too. I'm surprised that it's only sixty eight on oh, actually not shocked. It's about right. I think that's as high as it's been for the season, though. It's it probably should it, it probably it has yeah. to be. Yeah, has to be. yeah. Last week he was sixty five. So he's been going up for the past. This is week four in a row. Wow. Yeah, this I actually would still go George Pickens on it, but just because yeah, he had a dud game. He didn't catch anything last week, and he only had three targets. But other than that, he's been at like six uh, consistent targets last three weeks prior to that. So I, I can see this as a bounce-back game for him, especially at 5,000 as a flex play if you want to go wide receiver there. But for sure, I, I love Kamara this week. And Najee Harris, as bad as it sounds, is down to 5,500. <laughs> Jesus. Is, I wow. probably still wouldn't play him. I can't trust that he's going to play the full no. complimented snaps. Exactly. And he's yeah, I mean, he went... He went eight for 32 last week. He was averaging four yards, but just based on the rush <laughs> attempts, he gets eight carries. You're, so you're, you're hoping he, he gets one of those carries at least in the end zone just to get something out of it. But he doesn't even do that because the, ah, maybe no, we'll see I, what Pickens get. We'll see what, we'll see which market slide more we get this week for Pickens. I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure he'll be on him the most. That, that was what I was worried about. All right. I mean, that, I mean, guess how many touchdowns Najee Harris already has for the season? Does he have? He has one or two, I think. He has three. Three. Yeah, and I think this time last year he was at six, and then he, he then he took off again. All right, trade question before we keep moving. That trade question start start or sit. Uh, Trevor Lawrence or Jimmy G with uh, Joe Burrow on the bye. 
See, Trevor Lawrence for stealing. Got Lawrence and against G the Chiefs, and yeah, Jimmy G against the Chargers. I would probably go with Lawrence. It's Lawrence. There's yeah. no need to go for four in a single QB league. Go for upside. Trevor Lawrence. All right. Broncos at the Titans. Titans are three point favorites at home. 38. 30 fucking eight is the game total. Titans have covered six straight games. While the the Broncos have only managed three covers all year. If there isn't a game where you bet the Titans, then I don't know what you're doing. Take Tennessee, lay the three points. And under this low, there's always good reasons for Vegas to put it when it's just extreme. Just stay away from it. I'll already lead the under um, until the Broncos can show that they can actually score fucking points. Yeah. Titans. Yeah. So the Broncos are bad mess. Um, you've not had a good Cortland Sutton game in the last three weeks. Tennessee's got a good defense. Joey Judy gives you the most floor. Get Greg Dolchich is a must start at tight end right now. That's your one saving grace in that offense is Dolchich. Um, you don't know what's going to happen with the running game. I want Dolchich, maybe Jerry Judy, and nothing else on the Broncos side. The Tennessee side is just Derrick Henry. It's this is a not going to be pretty. No, this is a game you stay away from. Just stay away yeah, from this game. Avoid. Yeah, there's nobody in this game other than Derrick Henry that you have to start. And Jerry Judy, I still start Jerry Judy, just based on what he's done over the last two games. He's had 18 targets and caught 13 of them and turned that to 159 yards and a touchdown. So, take that for what it's worth. It's worth floor. I mean, it's a it's a tough defensive matchup. It's worth floor. But yeah, I like you're calling the Doltish. Doltish is even like super cheap too on DFS. He comes in at a uh, 3400. Hurt in bye week, it's probably helped keep his uh, his. Salary a little, I you know was able to snag him off waivers this week, and I was shocked as shit. That's good. Yeah, this is actually That's yeah. Good. My Mark this is first time my week villain. This is the first time he's broke three thousand. So he went from twenty eight thousand against Jacksonville to thirty four hundred this week after the buy. So quite the jump, but it's still worth it. Yeah. All right. Afternoon games. We're done with the nooners. Five games okay. left in total. Let's fucking ramp this up and get the fuck home. Uh, Colts at the Raiders. Raiders are are uh, a four and a half point favorites at home. Uh, Forty one is the game total. I I'm staying away from this game completely. Um, both teams have massive question marks for multiple reasons. You know, uh, coaching staff, uh, key injuries to players. Just stay away from this game. There's there's no need to play it. Yeah, um, <laughs> I also feel the same way. Yeah, <laughs> I want to. I mean, the matchup says Pittman. The matchup says that you could look at Colts, but the quarterback says don't. I don't know that Pittman's necessarily a worse play than Jerry Judy, but for entirely different reasons. It's the the target volume is a little bit tilted towards Pittman, and the matchup's a little bit tilted towards Pittman. Um, but you've got more out of Judy. I think those two are pretty, pretty close. So I don't know how you can say one's a start and and the other isn't 
necessarily given the matchups this week. Um, uh, Jonathan Taylor playing is the best thing that you can get out of the Colts. And for the Raiders, it's Adams and Jacobs. And that's it. Matt Collins, yeah, it should be a low scoring game. And the Colts secondary is not bad. So it's not really something where I'm like, I want to run Matt Collins out there. He's probably the desperateest desperation play of the week. I would say that you could throw at and I'd be relatively comfortable with. Hopper, James Conner, or Tony Pollard this week? Um, Raider, it's got to um, be. It's got to be Pollard. Raiders. Pollard's got Green Bay. Zeke is still limited right now. Yeah, it's Pollard. Connor, Arizona's office is it's it's all in the passing game. Well, yeah, get the Raiders, sure. and they get the Rams. It should be a, a low scoring. Low, it was also a low-scoring game. So. Connor's not getting the full workload. No, it's, so. it's it's two teams with the worst offensive lines versus each other. Yeah, and the Rams and the Cardinals. Justin, I would not be concerned about Zeke coming back. Uh, Pollard has made his complete career mm-hmm. based off of the hyper efficiency. Right, he's the only keep drawing more work. Uh, Zeke's going to take away any high touch opportunity he gets, but uh, Pollard is their big play machine. Pollard's one of three backs that has consistently made. You know, week in, week out production based on efficiency. Yeah. I uh I would play Pollard with confidence over James Conrad. Yeah. Or Conrad. Connor. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus James Christ. Connor. James Conrad. James Connor. Conrad. <laughs> you know what? It might get to that for somebody. Jim be John uh, Connor. I mean, God. you put that James Conrad temper to use. No, Sunday will be John Connor. I you love get, James Conrad so much. Jam- <laughs> James Conrad so much. You get James Conrad worked up, he'll run through a pillow. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. Anyways, if that's not a sign of we need to move the fuck on, let's move the fuck on. We're almost uh, speaking of speaking of Tony Pollard, uh Cowboys at the Packers. Uh Dallas is four and a half point favorites on the road. Uh 43 is the over-under. Look, Green Bay has been fucking terrible. They can kind of keep games relatively close. Home game. This is a match that they're probably looking at saying this is our season right now is circling this game as a must win for them to keep their their playoff hopes in check at th- believe they're what three and seven, three and six right now. I'm still taking Dallas because fuck Green Bay, but also because Dallas is one of the more complete teams in football. Great defense, fantastic pass rush, fantastic secondary, and the offense is starting to get healthy. Uh they're gonna put uh, Green Bay to rest. If it wasn't the Lions, if it wasn't the Jets or the Giants, Dallas will now finish the job, take them with massive confidence, which feels gross to say because I, it's Dallas, but yeah, I hate Green Bay so much more. Oh yeah, <laughs> I hate him so much. I'm with you on this one, Dan. I'm with you on that one. Smash them. <sighs> There's no reason to get cute on the Cowboys side of things. It's it's your normal suspects for them. Um, by normal suspects, we just talked about Pollard. Um, you know, Zeke, um, you can probably avoid that this week. Yeah, um, I'd be cautious with Zeke. I'd be very cautious there. Uh, Lamb, Schultz, you're good. The Packers um, are scary. I don't know how else to put this. Alan Lazard's been their most reliable receiver. He's probably going to end up on, with Diggs, who's gone from a turnover machine to very shut down. And... You know, you had Dobbs banged up. Packers are a tough one. 
Aaron Jones has fallen off big. AJ Dillon hasn't taken off. It's it's ugly. Jones and Dillon have their normal flex value, but it's it's ugly. I, I don't know what else to say. You can't even start Lazard this week for floor because of the Diggs no. matchup. Is it nope. draw Diggs? Nope. Oh yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be beautiful for us that all hate Green Bay. But yeah, DFS wise, you're you're starting your Cowboys. You're not starting anything on, on the Green Bay side. What is it? Touré or whatever. What's his price? Samari Touré. Samari Touré. Thirty nine hundred. Watch you. No, I. I well, are you talking about? Kidding, but with Dobbs out with a high ankle sprain and Lazard grabbing digs and in, in coverage, it really could be Samari Torre. Torre had that deep touchdown last week that he dropped. That's so, that's a deep cut for y'all. Yeah, I do like it, but I don't. Only in DFS will you get deep cuts that that matter in this All game. Right. Yeah. All right. No, but I see. I see where Hop's coming from on that one. Hey, Torre is my prized waiver wire possession pickup in the 16 team. Is he your new? Uh, best Actually, Karanik? I don't even think I got him there. I think he was rostered, but it, is no. Is he your new this week? Nah, <laughs> no. Um, we'll get to Vince Karanik. No, but... no, we won't. I mean, we will be, but no, we won't. <laughs> no, it's it's just a a deep cut, and it's like, all right, I think this could be a thing. If you're desperate enough to look for receivers in this game from the Packers, which hopefully you're not, Toure is the look. If I'm picking Dude, a pass catcher the, outside of Bob Tunyon for the Packers, it's Toure this week. That's the hailest of Hail Marys. It is the hailest of Hail Marys with the with the best hailest besides oh, yeah. Lizzie besides Lizzie Hale Storm. Oh, all right. We're fucking moving on. All right. Uh, Cardinals at the Rams. One and a half point favorites. The Rams are at home. A 40 and a half is the game total. Both teams are middle of the row when it comes to covering against the spread this week or, or, or this season. Rams are, are have covered two of their past three. Cardinals are one and four in their past or one and three in their past uh, four games. So, uh, I, both offenses are struggling, especially the Rams. Offensive lines, massive problem. Stafford may not play. I fully expect this line to change if he gets ruled out with them in concussion protocol. Uh, I can definitely see this game also losing its its line. So be prepared if you are to bet the spread in this game. If Stafford is ruled out, is a very likely chance that they just nullify this game and give you your money back. So just be prepared for that. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't bet it. Being Cardinals, I guess, now with with getting points in this, there's no reason to there's no reason to really wait if you're going to bet the Cardinals. No, there's not. Hopkins has been very, very good since he got back on, on the Cardinals side. The other thing that's happened, though, is Rondale Moore has maintained pretty good target volume. Um, 18 over the last two weeks. Uh, He's moved primarily into the slot too, which is right. Great. 150 and a touchdown. So Rondell Moore is a guy that you need to be paying attention to, and you probably need to be starting at a wide receiver two level. Um, Ram secondary has not been great. Zach Ertz you're good with just because tight ends are tight ends. And he's like a top five tight end over the last four weeks. The rest of this don't touch the running game for, for Arizona. It's too much of a cluster right now. Other side of this for the Rams, speaking of running games that are clusters, 
possibility that Kyron Williams is back. Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers in the mix. No, 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 no. It's Keep so an eye much on Stafford no. status. You know, you're obviously playing Cup, but whether you're playing anybody else or not is fully going to depend on on Stafford. Stafford's there, then yeah, I think you can get away with an Allen Robinson play in this one. But if it if it's John Wolford, ah, no, just no. Dude, this game's oh gross. My God. Yeah, so gross. Ryan, do you have anything to add before we move on? Card- <laughs> do you have any Star- DFS? Cardinals DST at 2,700. Oh, that's that's so there's that's, actually a really that's not chalk. That's not chalk. There's so much chalk to that. I love it. That ranks as the okay. God. Vegas Fifth. actually believes DST Sorry, 15. So DST 15 is for their week. If I count it right, they're in the teens. They're behind be the lines and Steelers. A lot of turnover possibility. That's probably one of the best shots. Well, not just turnovers, for but defense. sacks. Just well, because that, the defensive line is really good. And so, so I think Stafford's throwing a pick in every game this year. Yeah. So I like that defense a lot. And that's pretty much all I want to start outside of the receivers. All right. I can't believe Vegas thinks the Rams are going to score more points than the Chargers. Tonight football, Chargers at the 49ers. 49ers are seven-point favorites at home. 45 even is the game total. Uh, Chargers are completely banged up. Missing their number one and number two wide receiver. Um, The offense is just completely taking a setback from explosiveness because you have no real downfield threat. You're taking the Niners. I think the Niners are one of the better under-talked-about teams in the NFL Grapple is probably the only thing that's really holding them back. This is one of the better defenses. And now you throw in a McCaffrey that's had, you know, two games plus a bye week to get fully acclimated to this team. I think we're going to see a glimpse of what the Niners could be like for the rest of the season against a very banged up Chargers team. Seven points is a lot, but I am still taking the Niners at home. And I will, uh, I will pass on the, uh, on the game total. Fair is fair. For the Niners, um, Garoppolo's a stream. We had a question about him earlier. Yeah, we didn't we didn't land his side, but he, he is still a very viable stream. Um, he's pretty much been at the top of the streamer pile the last several weeks as far as productivity goes. It's a solid matchup. Um, we talked about Brandon Ayuk earlier in the show. Um, he's getting a ton of targets, has actually showcased some good floor. You do have Debo back. Um, I think Debo will get his just because Debo always gets his, whether it's in the running game or the passing game or whatever, you you can be pretty comfortable there. The Chargers side of this, look, it, it's not an easy defensive matchup, and they're totally void of weapons. It's you know Eckler-Everett, and yeah, you're going to run Josh Palmer out and chase that because they don't have really – anybody else in a position to catch footballs right now. DeAndre Carter's not not doing it. Palmer is is clearly the best of the backups and even then this is a it's it's a little bit of a tough matchup and you don't want to rely on him as more than a wide receiver 3. 
I'll show you. Was it Jason Verrett that got injured today in practice? Jason Verrett tore his Achilles and is probably Jesus Christ. God, the Chargers, you feel so bad. Right? Like they they can't they can't have nice things. They're not allowed to. And Verrett's been an injury by health. Verrett's been an injury magnet his whole career, too. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Like the dude is a fucking good cornerback, but he's played a whole 20 games over the last five seasons because of injury. And that's really the story of his whole career. I'm actually, I actually want to be impressed. Let's give me just a second. So Basically, keep the Chargers in a nutshell. Jason so Brandon Barrett, Ayuk could be a good play this week too. Even who? Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sixty-four hundred. Jason Verrett came into this league in 2014, and he has played more than six games in a season twice. Wow, that's sad. Yeah. Showdown slate. Any advice, Ryan? For the uh, for the Sunday night showdown, uh, I have to go back and get the showdown because I'm able to pull up uh Sunday night, Monday night as regular. Oh, okay. Because they have also... slates where you can do like all day Sunday, all day, and the Monday game with it. Yeah, makes sense. But I can always throw it up on Twitter if anyone wants to know it. All right, final game. Yeah, let's do it. The Commanders at the Eagles. Eagles are eleven point favorites at home. Game total is forty four even. These teams played back in week three. Eagles blew them out twenty four to eight. That was before Harnicky took over. Washington's actually been very good against the spread the past uh, uh, four games, uh, covering all all four of them. And all four games have been decided by five points or less, including the last three have been decided by three points or less. Uh, Philadelphia is the dominant team, best team in the NFC by far. Uh, but this Washington team's uh, getting healthier, especially on that front seven. Um, Tiny Key's got whatever juice he's got left, but that doesn't fucking matter because this is 11 point spread. I'm not playing it. Way too much, way too much uh, variance can happen. If anything, I would take the commanders to cover eleven points. Stay away from the game total. I just, I just don't like it. Don't. Yep. Coming the other direction here for the commanders, Terry McLaurin's been their best receiving option. That goes without saying. Uh, Antonio Gibson, I like as a flex play this week. He's getting all the receiving work, and they're going to be playing from behind most likely. So, oh, um, I think it was two weeks ago he had. Seven targets, caught all seven of them, and pulled the touchdown. So, you know, I, I do like Gibson as a flex play this week for the Commanders. The other side of this for the Eagles, I don't know who you don't start. Devonta Smith, I guess, because he hasn't really been doing a whole lot. But uh, Ryan's going to come in and recommend that you start him because his price is probably lower. Um, other than that, Miles Sanders, very, very quietly good season for Miles Sanders. Touchdowns in the last three weeks. Um, you know, Hasn't broken 100 yards in four weeks, but he hasn't been below, you know, 70 in the last three. So if you're pulling touchdowns to go along with that, you're absolutely on board. They haven't really needed him in the receiving game. Jalen Hurts has been phenomenal. A.J. Brown has been, is a spoiler, is good at football and has been trending upwards the last several weeks as well, particularly on the touchdown front. He has five over the last three weeks, so... 
I'm not going to recommend Devonta Smith this week in DFS because he costs sixty one hundred bucks, and that's too. I really go spend. Yeah, I really go spend sixty one hundred dollars somewhere else. I really drop down to Terry McLaurin at fifty nine hundred. I'm with you. Last because last time he played him, he's he was going to draw Darius Slay too. <laughs> yeah, but last time he played him, he had uh, nine targets, six receptions, and one hundred two yards. But that was also week two, and that was when Philadelphia also almost lost week one to the Lions. So. I'm not. I'm gonna kind of look at that as they were working up into the game, so this game could be a lot better. So that could be a uh, a trap right there. Play. I almost be willing to go Dallas Goddard though at 5,500, just to be on the safe side of it. If I was gonna go anything for the uh, Eagles on that one, Washington, no one else. Uh, but I do like Hopper's call though of uh, Antonio Gibson because he's actually a better. Better deal, even though he costs two hundred dollars more than Brian Robinson at fifty two hundred. But I like him a lot, especially in DFS. Just to get the catches because for DraftKings, that's what you're here for is PPR. Absolutely. All right, All right. we got one more one more question, then we'll get the fuck out. You got to sit one, pick one to sit. Adam Thielen, Michael Harmon, PPJ, or Devin Singletary. Full point PPR. Thielen, Hardman, Donovan Peoples Jones, and Singletary. Full point PPR. Who you said? I'm gonna sit Thielen on this one just because of the way Hawkinson's coming into the game. I feel like Thielen's gonna be losing more and more as Hawkinson gets more and more adapted to this offense. I think I'm on Singletary for this one. I I can see them playing from behind, and we're going to see a little more Naeem Hines. Singletary, <clears throat> he may not get the touches to get him there, but I do agree with you on Thielen too, Ryan. It's that's that's where my two land on. For it's pick three to start, right? So it's sit one effectively. Yeah, that's why I yeah. said pick one to sit. So it comes down. I'm with you. It comes down to Thielen and Singletary that are two that I'd rather sit. And when given the choice, I'm going to start the running back. So. Um, I'm also on the, on the sit Thielen train here. Um, and that's just positional differences. Running backs give you a little bit more floor. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I'm for. I'd say flip a coin. Don't really matter. It's I, I view them both very equally as both players. I don't really want to play. Yeah. Yeah. They're supposed to be very considerably the same. Yeah. All All right. right. That's the show guys. That's the show. show. That was fun. Thanks, guys. Thanks. See you next time. See you guys Sunday? Sunday. Sunday. See you Sunday morning. Nine thirty. Hour before yeah, was... Germany kickoff. Isn't it an eleven thirty kickoff? We normally go. At yeah, 10, but we generally so get yeah. ten though. Yeah. Yeah, so we move it back a half an hour, nine thirty. Yep. All right. Sounds good. Cool. Thanks, guys. Okay, bye. Bye. See ya.